the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. In addition to taking care of one another inside the church, what if we developed a lifestyle taking care of the most needy outside the walls of the church? How would that change the community and our city? Bob Moffat, president and founder of Harvest Foundation in Phoenix, along with Pastor Julian Gibb, talk with pastors and leaders about how sacrificial love by those in the church to those in need outside the church has helped people see and embrace Jesus Christ. It's that demonstration of Jesus' greatest commandment that we'll hear more about today on The Kingdom and Its Stories. Welcome to The Kingdom and Its Stories. In this particular edition of our podcast, we're delighted to have you with us today. And just to remind you that the purpose of this podcast is not to bring praise to those we're interviewing, but to have them tell their story and to have that story be an inspiration to us about how we might be better hands and feet of Jesus in our own context. So our two guests today that uh, we're interviewing is uh, is Zippy Durkies and um, and Eugene Moore. And, and guys, we're just delighted to have you with us today and to have you share your story to inspire us to how we can better be Jesus' hands and feet in our community. So I usually begin by asking you guys to to just give us an elevator speech so that we know who you are. So, Zippy, let's start with you, and then we'll go to Eugene, and uh, just maybe two, three minutes of an elevator speech so the people who are listening have a, a better idea of who they're hearing. Go ahead. Point at U.S. missionaries. Uh, with the Assemblies of God, we are inner city church planners who minister to the lowest income communities. So we minister to the addicted, the afflicted, low income housing, and we've really focused on those areas. Uh, I've been doing this for about a decade now, but I've been doing it with the Assemblies for three years. So it's it's been an absolute blessing, and we keep going after the people that nobody wants we want to get people plugged into the local churches. We want to get people into discipleship homes, emergency housing, and, and just be able to love people the way Jesus loved people. And God utilizes urban outreach uh, to really get the people no one wants to and watch God build leaders out of them. So, okay, that's a great elevator speech of what you do. I wonder about you. What's your story? So <clears throat> I am married with five children. <laughs> I, uh, I'm, I'm a misfit. <laughs> I, I've been doing ministry for, year, uh, like I said, about 10 years faithfully. Uh, I'm one of three kids. And I've just, I got out to Arizona three years ago. And I just, I, that's what we do. I'm, that's who okay, I am. You, you you said I'm a misfit. What do you mean yeah. by that? I don't fit in with typical people. 
<laughs> so if we look at Rudolph and Island of the Misfits, I'm part of the Island of the Misfits. I was born and raised in Kentucky, and God called us out here in 2020, and we've been out here ever since. Okay. All right. Eugene. Yes, sir. What about you? What's your story? So my name is Eugene Moore, and uh, basically I lived my life, you know, for 42 years, you know, believing that I was a man of God, you know, my upbringing, you know, I— when God got a hold of my heart at 42 years of age, you know, that's when, uh, you know, Romans 2, 12, 2, you know, I stopped conforming to the patterns of the world and uh, mm. I was transformed wow. by the renewing of my mind. And my life just kind of been propelled since uh, April 4th of 2020. And God has put a desperate desire in my heart to be able to reach the lost and the hurting and ever since then, it's been an amazing journey. You know, it's been beautiful to so see. How long have you known the Lord, Eugene? I have known the Lord since April 4th of 2020. Okay, so relatively new believer. Yes, sir. So, so what's life, what was life, or how is life different now than what it was? What was it like before and what's it like now? Well, before, you know, I believed I was walking with the Lord, but you see, I was living in the, you know, sin. I was doing things of the world, and I continued to, you know, it, th different things didn't bother me. You know, when I was out on the streets, I was in drug addiction, but I was still believing that I was a man of God. Okay, and, wow. And see, the, the, the Bible says that you confess that he is Lord, but you believe that he— rose from the grave well see i had confessed but i i didn't believe right and huh. when my mom passed away in 2020 april 1st of 2020 uh that's when i literally fell to my knees and surrendered my life and gave my life to the lord and that's when you know everything changed in my life right and every god brought me to urban outreach and that's when, you know, because I had been filled with the desire to help. I had been filled with the desire to reach people, you know, in the same struggles that I was going through. So okay, he brought, well, either you, Eugene, or Zippy, tell, give us some stories of, of what that looks like. You know, some specific examples of, you know, people that you've met and what their life was like and... And, and how God used you to intervene in their lives and what it's like now. So go ahead, either one of you. I don't. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so Eugene, for starters, <laughs> Eugene, when, okay. he when he first came in, uh, like he said, he, he, he didn't really surrender to the Lord until April 4th of 2020. And when he first came around, Eugene didn't talk. He, <laughs> he wouldn't make eye contact with people. And he literally sounded like a mouse. <laughs> and that would like him like giggling there, that would have been a scream compared to what he he started out with. And the first time I ever gave him a mic to open up a service, he was shaking like he was ten degrees outside. Wow. <laughs> it was bad and, and he uh, like scared to death to talk. <laughs> Wow. But but now Eugene, I mean, he's married to his wonderful bride Mindy, who met in the ministry. 
Praise God. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's leading outreach team. He's the associate pastor. He's a campus to pa- uh, one of the campus pastors, and he's preaching the gospel boldly and confidently. And this is in three years, and we've had countless, countless, and uh, encounters like that. Our, our Southside campus pastors, our campus leaders, know that they came out of a discipleship program, and. It's one of the discipleship programs we work with, and we send people into the homes, and they basically help raise them up. And then once they launch out, we latch on to them. Well, tell us tell us about that. You call it a discipleship program. Yes. What, what does that mean? So the discipleship programs are, are places where people go, and they're, they're sober, where, where they go to get sober, they get cleaned up, and they begin to learn the Word of God. And it's a year program where they just get poured into and they get discipled the way that Jesus disciple people. So they disciple through the word of God, but they're doing life with people. They're doing life with leaders to teach them how to be the hands and feet of Jesus, how to walk with integrity and their character and aspects like that. Is it be, when people come into the program, are they believers or do they come in as non-believers and then are discipled? Both. Both. Yeah. Okay. So, the purpose is to to get all of, to, to get everybody. We want everyone off the streets, right? We, we want everybody out of bad situations. We want everyone. And the the scripture that always comes to you know my heart with this is First Corinthians nine twenty two, when it says we become all things to all people, so that we may win some. So we want to get everyone, <laughs> believers. So, you, so you you invite people into the discipleship program if they're willing to come. They don't. The yep. requirement isn't that they're that they've been born again or they're believers. It's just are they interested? Are they willing to change their life? Okay. Are right. they willing to let Jesus move in their life? Majority yeah, are they to follow. Come on, majority of the time. Right. They end up accepting the Lord before they go into the home. Not all the time, but a high majority. And and this year alone, we've been able to get 637 souls in the discipleship homes. And How many? 637. And that's this year? Yep. And discipleship homes and emergency housing. So That's amazing. And last year we did 575, so we're already superseded last year and surpassed and- that. And so, how do you, how do these people find you, or how do you find them? We go get them. <laughs> what, what do you mean? Tell me. What do you we mean? We go hit the streets, and I mean, we got outreaches. Our main outreach is on Thursday nights, but we're connected, and we've come alongside several different churches and ministries. So we, there's literally outreaches going every day of the week that we're connected with people and organizations who who are supplying us with the stuff that we need to distribute and go hit the streets. You know, we work with feed. So, the, so, so give 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 me an illustration. You hit the streets. Okay, yep. with what? You know, what what what's your agenda? A need. So we bring uh, a lot of the times it's uh we have an organization we work with called Hope for the Homeless. Okay. And we we work with Hope for the Homeless, Hearts for the Homeless, uh Agridime, uh Kosher's Food Pantry. Who else is it? Fire and Water International Church. Who and we, we just we have a lot of people we work with that give us donations to where we're able to go bless people. So we take these the people call them care packages, basically is what they are. And when we go out, 
we just say, hey, how are you? God bless you. Say, hey, are you thirsty? Are you hungry? Yeah. And that opens up the conversation. And what we do is when we got to know who we're ministering to. So if we're ministering to the homeless, then we're going to bring a need to the, the homeless. Why? Because the Bible says to bring a need to the needy. And we present them, hey, are you hungry or thirsty? We know they're hungry and thirsty. Yeah. <laughs> so what we do is we bring them that love and, and we give them grace. And we say, hey, what's your story? Mm. What's your name? A big thing is to remember wow. people's names. Remember wow. their name and remember something about them. There's a guy who, uh, you know, Eugene's encountered multiple times. My wife, you know, other people in the minute. His name's Elvis. And he's downtown at Cass. And the man has a different hat on. He's all colorful. But we remember him, remember everything about him. And we have that with all the different outreaches. There's people who we know people on personal levels. So we bring a need. We begin a conversation. Meet them where they're at. And go from there. We, we don't force the Bible down their neck because too many people, they bring the law. And when you're ministering to people in the streets and, and homeless, you don't have to give people the law. The law yes. is meant to bring conviction through the Holy Spirit. Grace is meant to give people hope. It's meant to show people, hey, there is love. Hey, there is hope. You know, you're not too far gone. Jesus still loves you. Amen. And he still wants you. He still has a purpose and plan for your life. What can we do? So, so if you meet a homeless person, that's a need. Then do you try to find housing for them? Yep. We ask them first. Hey, are, are you wanting to get off the streets? Okay. If you're wanting to get off the streets, we got contact numbers to places like Lifeline of Arizona, uh, Victory Outreach, Phoenix Restoration Church, where we're at, there's a 24-7 access. Say, hey, okay. if it's 2 o'clock in the morning, you call, somebody's coming to get you. Really? Wow. Yeah. Okay. And it's it's constantly working with uh, the, these different programs. We can't be out there 24-7. Okay, so if it's 2 o'clock in the morning and, and somebody calls you, so do you have a group of people who are willing to get up and go and pick them up? And, yeah. And where do, you, where do you take them? We take them to either... Uh, Phoenix Restoration Church, uh, Victory Outreach, uh, Lifeline of Arizona. It all de- it all depends because we're building that relationship with people. We we have an understanding about these programs like Teen Challenge and yes. also and we try to fit them best where we know that they will succeed at and okay. excel at. Wow! So, wow. but that comes through building relationships. <laughs> okay, I I, I want to do a quick station break here and. When I come back, when we come back from that, I'd like uh, that either one of you or the two of you to tell us some stories of real people that will give us, you know, just like a little uh, insight in, into, in, into the impact and the results of that impact. You've had 500 people come through your program this year. What are some of the stories of people who've, who were on the street and who met Jesus and what are they doing now? So let's let's do that in a few minutes. So I, I want to just tell those who are watching and are listening that you're listening to the podcast to the Kingdom and its Stories. And in this podcast, we interview people who have allowed themselves to be Jesus' hands and feet in the communities where they are. And the purpose of the interview 
is to help us to think more critically, Lord, how can I be, how can I better be your hands and feet in the community where I live? So, Eugene, Zippy, tell us some stories that would help us to understand. Yeah, absolutely. So we've had uh, one one story in particular always stands out to us is a man named uh, Samad Simon. And we were downtown in the zone. And he was praying that day. He goes, God, if you're real, then I want you to send people here to let me know. He goes, if you're real, if there's right. somebody outside of Allah, then send people here. So he was really particular about his prayer. Well, less than five minutes later, we showed up with eight vehicles of people. <laughs> eight vehicles. So we, we get out. One person brought a need. What did they do? They brought him the Hope for Homeless bag. Another person asked him, hey, do you need prayer? We happen to have a world missionary out there. Uh, th- that day, who was from Kenya. Well, this is where Simon was from, Kenya. No kidding. And all, he spoke English and he spoke Swahili. Well, that <laughs> world missionary happened to speak Swahili. <laughs> and it, Talk about God answering prayer. To it's, a it's T. Prayer. So yeah. what happened is Simon ended up accepting the Lord. He received Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior right there. And I looked at him and I said, hey. I said, you ever been baptized? He goes, I want to be baptized. <laughs> I said, well, let's get you baptized. But well, we didn't have a tank. We, we didn't have nothing, you know, because some people get so focused and caught up on the immersion. And right, right. it's like, what do we have? They said, well, we have some water bottles. I said, bring them here. <laughs> so we took the water bottles and baptized them in the name I of the Father, it. the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Right. Well, that wasn't just it. He calls and FaceTimes his family in Kenya. And said, look what Jesus has done to my life. No kidding. And he told us, he goes, I can never go back home because they will kill me. But he got into Muslim background. Yes. So he ended up going into the men's home. One one of the men's homes. He was there for a year. Now he's got a job working. He's got his own place now. Uh, Another story is a man named Mike who he was a Christian, but he's from Africa. And we were down on 43rd Avenue in, in Glendale at the CVS, you know, hitting our last stop for the night. And somebody went to get off the street, and it wasn't Mike. My, Mike was really intoxicated. And he goes, my name is Mike, and I'm drunk. I said, well, praise God. I said, it's good to meet you, Mike. I'm zippy. And he said this for about 45 minutes. He goes, I'm not Muslim. I'm Christian, but I'm drunk. It's like, awesome, Mike. I'm zippy still. <laughs> yeah. And one thing leads to another, and they come pick up the guy who actually called to want to go into a home. That man ended up leaving the next day. But Mike, the guy that picked him up, is now our Southside Campus leader, Craig uh, Gomez, ended up picking him up that night. And he goes, I need to go there just to make sure that you're sending my people to a good place. No, and Mike went sprinting and dove in the van. Now, Mike's like 6'5". Like he's a big guy, yeah. but he won't. And he dove in and he stayed at that program for a year. And now he's out and he's running a, a, a men's home. I believe it's on the South side. And a, another story was a, a man who was a gang leader that 
was uh, Casper in Glendale, and well, we got a really great relationship with the Glendale police. And Lieutenant Shoup is absolutely incredible and a great man of God, and a, but he's also a lieutenant. And he goes, Zippy, look, we love what you all do, absolutely love, but you need to be careful around him. Say, he's dangerous. Well, he, he ran to prison gangs. <laughs> he did like 20 years in prison off and on, and he's in the streets, and he yeah. runs the street gangs. And, and Glendale, in the west end of Glendale, and I'm like, well, I don't care. That's who I want. And he goes, Zippy, it's going to take an act of God for him to walk into church. I'm like, well, I'm glad <laughs> you <it>. said so. <laughs> exactly, right. I said, God, you heard the prayer, and you heard what it is. I said, <laughs> I need to be in front of him. The very next day, he was sleeping outside the church. And, you know, homeless. Then you start running the, the, the streets and the, all the homeless in Glendale. And he was the leader of all of them. So he's out there. I knocked on the door hard. I said, hey, you. And I pointed at him because you got to get a little street sometimes for people to understand and respect you. So I told him to walk around the building. I walk out back. I said, hey, do you need some water? And I said it boldly. He goes, man, he goes, dude, that would be awesome. He goes, I would love some water. I said, praise God. I said, well, come on in here. And I looked at him and I remember him saying, I said, is your name Casper? He goes, yeah, how'd you know? I said, a good friend of mine told me that he would love for me to connect with you. <laughs> he didn't quite say <laughs> it like that. the whole story. <laughs> yeah. So I, I gave him like 12 waters that were cold, some frozen. And I said, can I take a picture with you? He goes, yeah, absolutely. He goes, who's your friend? And I said, Lieutenant Shoop. He goes, I love <laughs> Shoop. <laughs> he goes, man, he always looks out for me. He goes, even when I'm doing wrong. So no, I took kidding. a picture. I said, Shoop, didn't you say it would take an act of God? He goes, how'd you do that? I said, I offered him water. <laughs> it was an act of God. <laughs> So I Absolutely. said, why don't you come to service tonight? He goes, ah, man, I don't really do the whole church thing. I get it. I respect it. I said, why don't you just come to service tonight? He came to service that night. I said, I took another picture. I said, shoot, didn't you say he'll take an act of God for this to happen? He goes, how did you get him in there? I said, I asked him to come to church. <laughs> Pretty simple. It was an act of God. Another act of God. When we, I, I, I would preach that night, and at the end of that night, we did an altar call. He was the first person, he ran from the back of the uh, sanctuary and oh, ran up man. to the altar, ran up on the stage, gave me oh, a hug man. and accepted the Lord that night. Praise the Lord, Zippy. And, and now he's he's trying to work on things with the mother of his children. And I, I just found this out recently, got an update because I haven't seen him. He got in a little trouble afterwards, had a couple backslides. But well, I just found out he's uh, he's trying to work on things with the mother of his children building a relationship with his kids, and he's working. Yeah, you know, when you, when you tell me stories like this, it just thrills me. Amen. Because this is the kingdom of God alive. Yes. It's not the kingdom of God on a Sunday. Come on. <laughs> it's the kingdom of God 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Amen. Come on. And it's alive. Oh, man. And and you've got, this is one story. And Eugene, how many people did you say you've ministered to this year? Uh, we've ministered to quite a bit of people. I mean, thousands. Yeah. Really, we can't put a number on it because we're out there constantly. And, you know, we're downtown Cass, Southside Phoenix, and then other ministries you know we're constantly ministering to people so it 
it's beautiful to see a lot of the transformations in people. We've seen a lot of healings from people. Uh, we've uh, seen a lot of people uh, praying for others, and the next time we see them, they're up walking around, and they were in wheelchairs before, and it's, oh, it's beautiful to see the transformation that God is doing. And then, you know, because of these transformations and different things that have been happening, you know, it's drawing people closer to him. And, they're, you know, we've seen people that refuse to have anything to do with the Lord and just continuing to pour into him, you know, eight months, 12 months. And next thing you know, you know, they're just crying out for help and they, they want change and they want, you know, they accept Christ and they want him to you know, discipleship programs. So it, it's been beautiful to see, you know, we, like I said, we minister to so many. I mean, on a, a monthly basis, it's over a thousand, thousands of people. Well, this is the kingdom of God alive. Amen. Amen. You guys, I'm so thankful that you've been willing to come and share your lives and your stories with us today. And uh, I know you've been an inspiration to those who are listening and watching. And uh, and you've been an inspiration to me. I love Jesus. Amen. And I love Amen. to hear stories of how Jesus is real in the lives Amen. of everyone. Yes, he is. Even guys who are in charge of prison gangs Amen. <laughs> come on thank you so much for being with us today god bless you god bless, bless. you beautiful blessing jesus defines discipleship as come and follow me next monday at 5 30 p.m on faith talk 1360 we'll hear another testimonial from a leader demonstrating how they and the people of the church are sacrificially loving the needy and beginning to see real change in their communities. If you have a personal example of how you are being the hands and feet of Jesus with your neighbors, we'd love to hear from you. Enter your story at harvestfoundation.org. That's harvestfoundation.org on the Contact Us tab. You can also subscribe to the podcast on The Kingdom and Its Stories on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.